0: All right. And away we go. Welcome to the Daily Objective. I'm Jonathan Honig. Uh, delighted that you've joined me today. And we have a wonderful co-host, Mr. Mark Pellegrino. He's an actor. I also think, Mark, uh, as you're, I consider you an advocate and an activist. You know, when people think of an activist, they think of like Daryl Hannah being chained to some nuclear power plant. <laughs> oh, I'm an activist. But you're really an activist. And you're a knowledgeable activist about objectivism. Of course, we're here on behalf of the Ayn Rand UK Center, which is a wonderful association. I'm glad you're following them on Facebook and everywhere else on social media. <laughs> I actually had the pleasure of visiting uh, the center and Rosie Ginsburg and doing a speaking tour about a year, a year and a half ago to really great, very boisterous crowds, big and small, and everything from universities to small pubs. So follow what the Ayn Rand Center is doing, support what they're doing, because they're they're really reaching out when it comes to what matters which is ultimately ideas. And Mark, that's what you are. You're, you're an activist and an advocate for ideas. That's what moves the world, and that's why I'm delighted to be sharing the screen with you today.
1: Well, thank you. Maybe one day I'll be as good an advocate as you, and uh, so I'm delighted to be sharing the screen with you.
0: Well, you know, Rand said, when someone said, well, "You know, what can ultimately one do to change the world, I'm paraphrasing, but her one-word answer was, speak. And uh, for better or maybe worse, that's what we're gonna talk about today. A lot of people were speaking, or at least shouting, uh, today at the service honoring and the memorial for recently departed uh, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. President Trump and uh, First Lady Melania Trump went to pay their respects. You know, there was some question about whether they would even show up. They did, uh, to a, a very hushed crowd but that crowd wasn't hushed for, for too long. So we're gonna talk a bit about this. You know, Mark, uh, uh, it's, today is not our day normally to talk about politics, and whatever side of the aisle you come down on, it was a, it's troubling tape. It was very difficult tape, I think, to watch as, uh, as, a, as an American, as a lover of liberty, as a lover of a lot of these institutions, the Supreme <laughs> Court just being one of them. Uh, it was a very difficult
1: moment of history. So yeah I do think that we're in uh pretty dark times uh I, I think that um notions of civility which t- traditionally fall on uh I guess uh, a tradition notion, traditional notions of how we should behave around one one another and and how we should treat solemn occasions seem to be seem to be uh out the window now They're, those aren't even guideposts to um, to uh determining how we should should behave anymore. What do you think? All right, but
0: let me, can I, I'll jump in, I'll play devil's advocate. You know, Ayn Rand was not a conservative. And some might say, oh, Mark, you're just a typical Hollywood conservative. You love the old ways that it's, so look, Trump has uh, violated rights. Why shouldn't people speak out when they see him? Why shouldn't they? Uh, uh, you know, they weren't saying burn him down. They were saying vote him out. So isn't
1: that, the public speaking out. It is. It is in one respect. But uh, should you have sex in uh, supermarket aisles? No. There's a time. <laughs> there's a time and a place for everything, isn't there? There's a time for social protest, which is valid with a president like this who has no seems to have no understanding for or respect for constitutional limitations, and there's a time where a, a solemn occasion like this um, sort of requires that we. We get together and pay our respects to the passing of a very, very great human being. Even though we may not yeah. agree with her w- w- what her opinions were, her achievements were beyond question, and that is what is should be honored. Um, yes, that's that's the most important thing to put aside yeah, the mean, grievance for that.
0: There's a you know there's a primacy you know Rand talks a lot of this primacy of consciousness primacy primacy of existence. Uh, You know just in terms of how we conduct ourselves it seems to be emotion that just drives it all and uh, uh, you know look i haven't been in school for oh let's see well i'm 29 now so uh, so i'm a lot older than that obviously so i don't know what's being taught but i i get the sense that there's this culture that just whatever you feel go with it and if you feel wronged lash out and even if it's in the (laughs) middle of as you said a pretty solemn circumstance. Look, I, I disagreed with a lot of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's uh, positions, but as you said, I mean, a, a really kind of amazing woman, an amazing story, and someone, if I had a daughter, you'd certainly want her to grow up and be, be like this person and admire this person for, for a lot of reasons. So, um, that, so it's everything from not booing the president all the way up to the traditional leftists of like, you're angry, go smash a Starbucks. Why? Because you felt like it, and that's cool. So there's just that primacy of emotion, and you know, without reason, it always comes down to fists and and just lashing out. That's what I find so troubling,
1: and well, it's, uh, how, it's dark, how dark for that it, reason. Well, how ironic is it that many of the people who are in that crowd booing him would accuse Trump of the, of malignant narcissism when that's exactly the, <laughs> the, yes. the, the, what's happening in the crowd? They themselves yes. are are putting their feelings above. All of the content, all, all yes. the, the entire occasion, the solemnity of the occasion, to to vent and to narcissistically make it about themselves, as opposed to about Ruth Bader Ginsburg.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's just kind of a troll display. And I, I have a I have a horse in this race, if you will, because, and I know we both do. We love this country. We really love it, and we're gonna. We don't have to wear a flag all the time and walk around. Da 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 da. We don't have to way that we, you know, but like, I I know we really love this country. I was honored to, you know, help uh, participate in writing or editing a book about this country. And Ayn Rand loved this country. Um, So to see it, you know, uh, and pieces of it, as you said, so roundly disrespected, um, the rule of of law disrespected, whether it's in the streets and, you know, to me property damage, I mean, I, I, it, you know, it is painful. You know, when you see, Mark, um, when you see businesses trashed, like, look, it's not my business. I don't think there's this idea of all, well, you know, insurance covers it all. So it's, of course, it's not easy for these people, but that's disgusting for me to see, just the same way that it is. It's disgusting when you see, as you said, a protest it, it of the is. sort of
1: oh, Ruth Bader I'm sorry, pushed. hold on one second. I have a bit of an emergency. <laughs> all
0: right, it's good. We've got, uh, let me see, it's uh, Michael Eisner wants, he's getting, he's getting back in the game. And Mark is his number one call, not surprisingly. He's a huge talent. Well, you know, it comes down to this idea basically of Americanism. And this should not be synonymous with conservatism by any regards, because Rand talked, actually she wrote what she called an obituary for conservatism. But there is and should be a respect for Americanism. Oh, so sorry. And some of those, no, and some of those basic traditions. And, and um, that seems to be lost because it's always emotion first Mark, as we said. And, And reason last. Look, you're not going to convince anyone of your side by disrespecting. Ultimately, you know, look, I I have a lot of qualms with the president, but booing in this type of environment—it just kind of, you know—it's. Rand talked about the cultural bankruptcy of our age, and it's—it's just such a tough time, I think, to love this country given what a a wasteland the politics have become. So, what's the difference between
1: shit show? But I know I'd be believed on this program. So, but what's the, what's the difference between uh, an objectivist orientation towards Americanism and a conservative's jingoistic orientation towards Americanism? If, I hope I didn't miss uh, an explanation because I had to deal with an emergency. I, th-
0: but. I think, you know, thankfully I don't know because I really actively, look, I, I don't want to turn this into my particular politics, but I really have actively disassociated myself with conservative thinkers for a long time, not even based on Rand's recommendation, but you know, based on how uh, boring the explanations and ultimately justifications always were. They were ultimately, in my experience, an appeal to authority, appeal to the greater good. And at the same time, at least I as a young thinker was discovering objectivism, thinking, no, it's not the greater good, it's about me and my life. And that's that American spark, I think, that's always driven this country and so the idea of loving the American process, including small d democracy, uh, and not having to disrespect the president at a public event, it's just, I just think, um, you know, we need, we need a generation of old grandmothers to kind of wash some kid's mouth out with soap, if you will. Um, because that n- nature of decorum, I think, has just been tossed out. And uh, that's what's so troubling to see as
1: someone I think who loves America. For sure, but now how do you, how do you marry that concept that what makes America unique and exceptional is is its is its um, primacy of the individual, the, the me notion right. of it that exists nowhere else in the world. How do you how do you how do you say that that's different? from what the crowd was doing certainly those the people in the crowd were saying my feelings matter more than this solemn occasion my protest against this president matters more than this solemn occasion he has no right to be here because of what he represents and i'm going to make my feelings known about it how, how do you marry these two well you know it's funny i mean people should watch all the ayn rand donahue uh
0: clips but there's one that i remember where i don't know if it's a protester or someone who was there to just screw with her. And she's like, next, she's like, this is my show. And someone disrespecting, I would say, someone disrespecting that environment in any way with a political political protest is violating the property rights of whoever's putting on that thing. They're there as guests of that environment. And I think the shout out in such an environment, it's just as disrespectful as to shout out in the middle of a show that maybe, you know, a movie, you don't like the the ending, you don't like the actor, you know, you don't shout out in the middle of a movie you're in and say, oh, Mark Pellegrino, he's such a greedy SOB. You say, hey, I'm in a movie theater. You know, you're in a friggin memorial for a great woman. So hold your tongue for a moment. It's it's certainly not illegal, but it's just so uncouth. And it's just all about your emotion. And I'm repelled by that, whether you're for America or against.
1: So how do rights fit into that? So these, these people feel like they're expressing their, their, in, their inherent uh, right to protest. that, that uh, so how do, how do rights fit into this, this spectrum of respect for the other and, uh, and uh, this, this sense of uh, civility? What, it, because clearly the people who are walking into Walmarts and getting mad because they have to put on a mask, proclaiming their right to not wear a mask are somewhat similar to the people who are screaming at this, yeah. this uh, rally, even though they're on opposite sides of the political the political spectrum. So what is it about rights that they're misunderstanding? Well, you know, Rand actually talks a lot about, um, you know, she was, I, I don't want to
0: ever speak ever on behalf of Ayn Rand, but she talks a lot about various forms of protest. And uh, she was against a lot of them, you know, kind of the whole picket line. And I, again, not speaking for her, but just to broadly summarize it, I think it was a question of property rights. Like, you don't have a right to block the streets. Now, look, the streets should be owned by someone else, uh, but you don't have a right to block the streets are there for people to get to work and get to work. They should, they're, they're there to move. So even the right, you're of your free speech is not this unlimited right to just do whatever you want, to say what you want without consequence. Um, and she's talks extensively about that, but, you know, that's... It's like, you know, you know it, it, to me, it comes down to this basic issue of property rights. They don't own that area. They're being disruptive. They're being ugly SOBs at the same time, but you know what, they're also being disruptive to what ultimately is a private event, and they should be escorted out and just looked down upon. I mean, I, there was a similar thing a couple of years ago when someone was at the Supreme Court. Remember this, it, he went viral, he got his friggin' 15 minutes, but he got up and started talking in the middle of the Supreme Court and it's like, you know, you're a friggin' college kid. These are the justices. Show them a little respect just because they are justices and we are in America. And make your case on a message board. It's just, I just, I, I, you know, I was, uh, it's just that primacy of emotion. It's, I can't, I can't put it in rights as well as a real philosopher could, uh, you know, it's not my cup of tea, but um, Your rights, so I think, are not this never-ending thing to freedom of speech. wherever you want, however you want, without consequence.
1: So it seems like it seems like rights sort of impose different obligations on us than what 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 we commonly think of them as. It, it seems like there is a notion out there that rights impose obligations on others uh, in this uh, on others to, to, to be active in some way. Whereas it seems like it actually imposes a non-action, doesn't it? It imposes a, a sort of abstention. Uh, uh, a, uh, uh, it, it's not activist. It's sort of passive. It's telling the right instead of uh, uh, you have to basically stay out of another's way. If you're in a if you're in a, a, a solemn event, the event and the people participating in it have the you don't have the right to assert yourself on the but it's, it's so it's a non-assertive uh, concept isn't it yeah i mean look there was right a around. time
0: when i was younger and i w- i was you know, Rand talks about this very explicitly and definitely check out the lexicon but in effect you know your rights i'm paraphrasing now but how i think about it is like you know, your rights don't cost anyone anything else they don't mm-hmm. infringe and your exercise exercising your rights they don't have, so, and i would i would take the argument that you know, I mean, and, and you know, own talks about this quite a bit. Like, you wanna speak out, you wanna have a protest, rent Soldier Field, rent a Disney Center, pack 60,000 people there, Antifa, burn something, do an effigy. You know, at least the Nazis back in what was that, 33 or 34, they rented Madison Square Garden, right? They actually, you know, they didn't just parade through the streets, and, and I know I don't wanna touch that anything, but, you know, like, you know, you, your rec- right to exercise your voice and you know i say the same thing in terms of when i think of people for example i, I joked when i introduced you mark but this idea that it's somehow cool now to get carried away in a, with police because they you know they know that a police isn't going to hurt you too badly they're really daryl hannah or any of these ones it used to be very fashionable with the environmental stuff but like mm-hmm. it's, such an, it's such an insult because it's wasting everyone's time and money um so I, you ask, you know i, I can't answer explicitly about rights, but I think of it in terms of property rights. Like, you have no right to disrupt someone else's event on their property. Go do it somewhere else, whether it's your house, whether it's your bar. And it's just also uncouth. It's just sad for America when you see America writ large. When that's the way way they want to protest. It's just just uncool. It's uncouth and it's uncool.
1: I agree with you now. But in this case, when it's on more or less federal property, when- when, We all uh, own it. Right, we all own it, so these people, uh, I don't think these people are thinking very deeply about that, but that might make them feel a sense of justification in expressing their own opinion. But I don't think people make those kinds of distinctions between private and public property anymore.
0: Yeah, um, look at these, you know, look at look at the you know, people who are getting arrested for trashing people's homes. They're affluent, you know, and, and, you know, part of what Rand talks about, and people I think probably maybe get bored about it at some point, Mark, but it's like oh it's about ideas about ideas because they're like forget about ideas what about the politics what about this policy what about antifa but like where does antifa or anyone else learn this you know they're learning it in the schools go with your emotions hey if you feel it that's what matters you know maybe it's not right maybe it's a reason maybe it's in conflict with reality or the context but your feelings are what counts so that's the thing that's more troubling you know whoever wins this election whoever wins this the short-term thing, the notion that the primacy of emotion is driving everything now, is just—it's sad. I think for a, a country that was founded on reason, as you said, this idea that for the first time it wasn't going to be about the king, the, uh, the emperor, the the the, uh, the priest. So it's a it's a dark time for America in many ways. But I know we can bounce back.
1: Well, with the right with now, the right ideas. <laughs> that's true. That's a great book, by the way. Congratulations uh, for thank putting it together. Well, thank you. Um, so, I mean, what, what? why do you think we've gotten into this mess? And what's the solution? Oh, I, I, you know, I mean,
0: let me ask you. You actually probably interact because, you know, look, I left school, I dropped out of college. I really hated college, but I do think, you know, as a lot of people in your own, especially as talked about, people basically make up their mind by a lot of these things, you know, like, you know why do they why do they feel this way certainly politically those ideas are you know formed when they're what is it 16 through 30 perhaps you interact with a lot of these young people probably more than I do I mean I it's literally been decades since I've been on a college campus my people my audience are old people with money so that's a, just a different world so I don't I don't know. I just think it, it comes down to getting them, you know, there's that line from Avita, get them while they're young, Avita, get them while they're young. You have to, because by the time they're 30, they've already made up their mind that you're a selfish SOB and America was founded on slavery, and whatever you're feeling is fine. So just lash out at the president because you hate the president. I hate the president, but to do it in this forum and to do it like that, it's just it it speaks poorly of you as a person forget your politics this is a person
1: yeah there's there's certainly not a lot of introspection going on uh, in the in all of these communities it seems um, I, I feel like hmm uh, if, if did, did it bother to, you as much as the whole thing bothered you as much as it kind of bothered me w- well I'll unfortunately I, I, I couldn't, I oh, couldn't, oh, hear, you couldn't it. hear it. I'm sorry so I, I mean so I only saw the visuals and saw the uh, saw the headlines but I, I, I and as much as I don't don't like Trump, I, I certainly think the, the lack of civility is, is definitely the result of this primacy of emotion thing, and that it's creating a culture of malignant narcissists and sociopaths, yeah. and yeah. I confront them all the time. Um, either they, either they want to rabble rouse because it turns them on, or they want to rabble rouse because that's their feelings and they think their feelings should be exercised uh, irrespective of the context, and that's very scary. I mean, yes, it's true we have to catch them while, while they're young, but how do we change people who are in that realm where they've been in more or less inoculated with these ideas? Uh, how, can we, how, can we turn them, how can we turn them around from debate-averse to interested in real diversity of thought? I mean, yeah, I think I mean, this is something if we don't know the answer to, we should find the answer to it as soon as possible.
0: Well, I mean, it's ultimately all about ideas. And, you know, people say, well, we need Biden or Trump or this one or that one. And it's, you know, it's far too late. It's like now a couple generations and, you know, of of young people who are taught that that this is okay. Then that's what's so frustrating for me, at least, Mark, is that these people who are, you know, whether they're throwing the brick at Starbucks or whether they're booing President Trump or whether they're, I don't know, doing whatever the so-called right does, shooting paint, paintball things, you know, they would say that they have the moral high ground. You know, and you know, uh, a lot of objectivist philosophers always talk about people don't vote based on their pocketbook, their politics is based on their, you know, their morality. So they all would say, I did what was right. You know, I spoke out against Trump and, you know, I guess for me, it comes back down to, there's no appreciation as you alluded to for that greater context that how lucky we are whether you dislike today's politics, to at least know a little bit of what America's politics used to be about, and you're still part about something that's really amazing and how fortunate we are to be in this country. And it's when I put a little bit of like, if you don't like it, leave it idea that like, if this country is so anathema in its current politics, you have to disrespect Ruth Bader, then fi- you, know, you have to find someone else because um, we are still free. You know, but to speak out in this kind of context, it was just so ugly, and uh, made me feel that you know people don't people don't care about the look of America anymore because there's still so
1: much to love, even if you hate Trump. Well, do you think I, I think there there's another element to this? We have we have the primacy of emotion that gives people the permission to act out whatever feelings they feel because they're legitimate. And then you have this old tradition of intellectuals that split the mind and the material world in two and and gave us the superior intellectual spiritual world and the fallen material world and, and made them at war with each other. So these people breaking store windows, stealing stuff, you hear them say it's just property. And I've heard I, I've I've been I've been well, called by activists trying to get money who don't understand then the relationship between property and right, the relationship between your spiritual values and your material values, they don't understand that they're connected at all. How can we get them to understand that?
0: Well, I saw actually, it's funny, you know, Mark, you're, uh, you've got so much a diversity of experience. I happened to see the trailer for this new um, Aaron Sorkin production, of, what is it called? Chicago Six, uh, about, you know, the protesters from the Democratic convention abby hoffman among them you know Uh, i have always vaguely known the story but you know they're presented really as and i you get this from the trailer it's pretty good they're presented as the moral heroes you know yes there was some property destruction and yes there was some some violence but it was for ultimately a good cause and you know when i look at that i feel like you know that and then certainly anything else so whether it be disrespecting the president or breaking store windows i say you know you're no rosa parks you know rosa parks sat in the back of a bus he wasn't violating rights. He was sitting there like everyone else. I'm not an expert on the civil rights movement, but what we think of as now being moral in a political context, I just think of now as, as being really uncouth because
1: ultimately it comes down to violating other people's rights. And do you think it's that notion, that comparative notion of it's a higher cause? If we were to, if we were to place causes within this, this, this spectrum of human life so that it's either pro-life or anti-life. It's either pro-human thriving or anti-human thriving. There is no higher cause. The, mm-hmm. high, the highest cause is human life and what makes human life possible. So maybe it's about reframing the argument because the the, the the left is simply adopting old intellectual the old intellectual dichotomy and they're very yeah. talented at spinning narratives based on that old uh, intellectual Dichotomy. Now let's change it. Let's take the dichotomy away and show the purpose of of a cause should be human life and human thriving, uh, and and how do we achieve that? Then, in which case, Rosa Parks falls into that, into yes. that, into that measurement, and the douchebag Antifa a hole busting a window out at Starbucks or somebody you know ripping off a Nike store falls into the other category, and there and there's there's no. There's no justification then for emotional outbursts and and burning property and injuring innocent people because after all, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet and the omelet is what our goal is. Yeah, I I wrote an article for Dow Jones Newswires
0: about how what bothered me about Kanye's interrupting Taylor Swift. Now, what was that like 15 years ago? Was that, that was Taylor Swift's moment I'm not com- comparing anything with the civil rights movement, but I'm saying, you know, that was, her, that was her moment. That was her property. And, you know, Rand talks so beautifully. I mean, there's just so much in Rand about how important property rights are. And Mark, you're right. He says property rights are like, yeah, property rights, just property. Like that's someone's business. That was, meant to say that was Taylor Smith's time. And Kanye just took it. I mean, I'll, I'll quickly tell the story, not, not to bananas but. My old neighborhood, I've kind of moved to a different, but my old neighborhood has a, a well, it was called S, called SRO. It was a hot dog stand started by two brothers who were Chicago football and baseball fans and their store was full of memorabilia, all kind of like Sammy Sosa, no one huge, but like Gail Sanders recently, a lot of Chicago memorabilia stuff. Long story short, the first night of a major riots, Floyd, I don't remember what it was, the place was completely ruined. They were there for 27 years and all their, so all this stuff was completely ruined. For what, for $300 in the cash till? Their whole business was ruined. And people say, oh, just property? That was their lives. That was their sort of lives. And it's so, so sad that you know, there's that no respect for property right, no respect for the value of it, and how, how important property is to the right to your own life. Which we should that's all right,
1: value. that's right. So we should now link the two. Your property is your life. And if you're stealing somebody's moment, that's an act of theft. I think we're out of time. Jonathan, do you mind, uh, do you mind uh, closing down the show for us? No,
0: I'm so delighted to, to join you, Mark, and uh, be with you and I hope that we could be in person at one point and always to be with the Ayn Rand Center. And thankful to all of our viewers for joining us each day. So we'll be back here tomorrow. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, everywhere else. And we'll see you uh, next episode. Please share. And uh, don't make the mistake I made in Europe and, and it's not It's pasty. Is it pasty or pasty? I think I, I said the wrong one, whatever it was, but I'm going to learn it in time for the next show. We'll see you then. Bye.